Happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. How we doing? Wednesday edition. Steelman here along with Thune in the Brown O'Haver Studios and uh, ready to hear from you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today. 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. We are getting ready for Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Uh, Saturday night in Lubbock at Jones Stadium, 6.30 on Fox Sports 1.30 for our uh, pregame show coming up this weekend right here on The Ref as we get you ready for the Sooners and the Red Raiders. Parker Thune, how you doing? Well, Steely, I am excited to do a whole lot of nothing tomorrow. Are you? Yes, we are. Are you going to get uh, how? Exci- what is what is Vegas setting the over and under at calorie-wise tomorrow? Oh, calorie-wise? Oh, it's got to be 4,500 probably. Yeah, I think Vegas said mine at six, six, six grand. Wow, at your age, that's yeah. impressive. Uh, well, I don't know if it's impressive. It might be life threatening, but you know what? If I go, I'll go out with a smile on my face. See, with uh, was, remnants of pumpkin pie all over my face. I was having this conversation with a couple friends last night. Um, imagine being a part of a turkey trot family. I simply could not. No part of me would want to go would want to wake up on Thanksgiving morning and go for a run. If there is one day of the year where I am doing absolutely nothing in terms of physical exertion, it is Thanksgiving. I can't at my age, I can't think of running for any reason unless like Michael Myers has a butcher knife and he's trailing you. That would be about the only way that I am going to I might fast walk every now and then, you know, have you seen the uh, fast walkers? Uh, what's the difference between fast walkers and speed walkers? Well, I guess they're the same. Oh, really? Okay. You know, okay. But uh, they kind of look nerdy, but they're doing more than I am, so I, I try not to make fun of them. But it does look pretty nerdy. But I, I'm not running really for anything right now. I used to run a lot. Believe it or not, I got in a stretch where I was running, and then my knees and ankles said, you know what? We're not doing this anymore, dude. Not happening. We are retiring. Send out a statement. We're retiring right now. So, uh, we get you ready again for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Are you, you're not going back to Nebraska or anything, I'm right? going back to Nebraska. You're going to Nebraska. Then you're tor- turning around and going to West Texas? Yeah, pretty much. I'll be back Good here. Good Lord, man. You are going to be putting some miles on the White Buffalo. Okay, is the White Buffalo ready to take that journey, that I trek? I believe so. I believe so. Does it have a good got- stereo system? Of course. Okay. It's tricked out, Steely. That car is luxurious, if nothing else. It may be a hex, mm-hmm. but it is luxurious. Is the fate of the White Buffalo on the line in Lubbock this weekend? Will its future life be determined by a win or a loss for Oklahoma against the Red Raiders? In terms of, or did we already say six is a survival number for the White Buffalo? Because we were threatening to put it up and uh, like one of those, take a sledgehammer to the White Buffalo, if we can get you a vehicle from like the Seth Wadley Auto Group yeah, first. Listen, listen, if I can get a new vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group oh, or you're any asking, other auto group You're going matter, new, huh? Like, you're going new. Well, not necessarily. How about a good like, pre If I can get a different vehicle, I don't mind sacrificing the White Buffalo to get rid of the bad juju. I will be happy to. I just can't sacrifice it until I have another ride lined up for obvious reasons. Can we like uh, would we like burn sage and everything? Maybe build a uh, uh, funeral pyre. Maybe we we do that. <laughs> a funeral pyre. Yeah, demolition, and then we just build the pyre pyre around it and 
light the flames. That would be fun. That would be fun. We'd have to have the uh, Norman and Moore Fire Department out here, I'm sure, but they they could handle that. All right, so welcome in here on a Wednesday, and happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. All right, so the Sooners, again, if they win this weekend, they'll be 7-5. and five. They're going to a bowl game. They are bowl eligible, obviously, and that's, uh, that's good news for Oklahoma. They'll either be going to the Texas Bowl to play an SEC squad, the Liberty Bowl to play another SEC team there, or the Guaranteed Raid Bowl in Scottsdale. Uh, to meet a Big Ten opponent. So, again, at least the Sooners do have those 15 extra practices now because of their win in Bedlam last week. But what about this senior class? You know, they they, they didn't sign up for six wins, but that's the way it's turned out. And uh, we're talking about guys like Braden Willis, Deshaun White, Jalen Redman, uh, you know, the senior class for the University of Oklahoma. Uh, how much have they, uh, you know, enjoyed this season? Certainly didn't expect – Six victories, but Brent said yesterday at his press conference that this group of seniors still is. No, had a I big think impact. they're great examples of of what you want it to look like. They're all playing their best football too, and it's amazing how that works. But if you stay committed, you know this is a developmental game. The more you play, the better you get. Uh, the law of the bamboo. It may not happen those first few years, but you just keep uh, plugging away and um, cultivating, and next thing you know they poof, man, come out of nowhere and uh, have this monstrous uh, last you know, year or so of their career. Uh, and so, but those guys, from a leadership standpoint, examples of people that you can point to, of the success that they're having uh, in the moment and, and enjoying it, even though, uh, believe it or not, you know, you know, we just won our sixth game, all right? So we're not having this amazing season from a, a win-loss uh, perspective, but they're having the time of their life. And... Deshaun will tell you that he's never been closer to a group of people. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These are full-service clinics that Ortho Central has. They treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries, and that, again, is our Ortho Central clip of the day. My apologies, Steely. I was having a sneezing fit you as know you what? were tossing to that sound well, bite, and I took it like a second right. too early. Here's the deal. I, by the way, if anybody wants to know who the who Chris Plank's dad is here, it's me, because you are Chris Plank's dad. I became a violent sneezer, and I was laughing because I'm in the production room doing some editing. In the meantime, I have in the audition in the cue speaker while I'm doing some of my stuff, putting sound together and everything. Uh, I've got the Plank Show going because I don't want to miss anything. And if they have a really good sound bite that we might be able to run two hours later or something, I'll go ahead and you know get that also. But. So Plank's got the door open because we're basically broadcasting in a crock pot right now, pretty much, right? Do you feel like you're in a crock pot? Are you speaking of temperature? Yes. Yes, it's very warm in here. So instead of the uh, Brown O'Haver Studios today, it's the crock pot studios. We are slow roasting in here is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Anyway, so he's got the door open in here to the studio. I'm down the hall. It's probably, I don't know. 30, 40 feet down to the production room where I have the door open. And I let loose of an old man, a violent old man sneeze. And I hear in cue, geez, was my dad here or something? In response to the old man sneeze, which was pretty violent. But I had no idea it would travel that far. So if anybody wants to know who the violent sneezer is, it's me. And, you know, it's also sneezing karma. Because my late dad, who I'm going to miss so much tomorrow for Thanksgiving, we used to call his sneeze the bucking bronco because he would wind it up and he would kind of like, you could tell it was kind of like, uh, 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 and then 
And so it, it became the bucking bronco sneeze. And now I think I have kind of the same sneeze. So just in case, if you were wondering out there in Ref Army land who Plank's dad was here, it's me. That bucking bronco sneeze was probably one of the finer illustrative moments that you've had in our time Thank together. you. Yeah, you throw the arm Very up well when you done. sneeze, too, like, uh, like Jimmy on Yellowstone when he's riding that bucking bronco. All right, uh, so we, we're – we know who the seniors are they're going to leave, but there are some that are in question. Parker Thune, C.J. Colden, Drake Stoops, uh, Jonah Laulu, and uh, Jordan Kelly, I believe, all have COVID years as a possibility, correct? Yeah, and they aren't the only ones. Like Woody Washington could come back. Woody if he could come to. back. Um, I mean, Eric Gray could come back, but he's not going to. Uh, McCade Mattire is a guy that – I don't think he went through senior day festivities, did he? So that would indicate he's coming back. Okay. So he, yeah, he'll be back. Um, trying to think who else. Wanya Morris can come back if he wants to. Theo Weiss can come back. I'll be curious to see what Theo Weiss does. Because that's a guy that just has not really lived up to the billing yet. Yeah, and look, he's had injuries and everything, but this year he's been healthy. And, uh, you know, part of that class that had the uh, three big-time recruits at wide receiver with Jaden Hazelwood, who's at uh, Arkansas, Trajan Bridges, who is uh, possibly still incarcerated. and No, Trajan uh, Bridges is out playing uh, junior college ball out in Los Angeles. Oh, is he? He's starting to get offers. How about that? Yeah. I didn't know that. How he, did I miss got, that? He got an offer last week from East Central. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I think he got one from Midwestern State, too, so I don't think he's got any. So he's going to Ada or Wichita Falls. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Wow. But yeah, no, he's doing all right for himself. Well, good. I hope he gets his life back together. You know, that that was a crazy decision they made, and sometimes one of those where you're like, oh, my gosh, could you really be that dumb? Come on. But everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes they're really stupid mistakes. I, I know I've got plenty of stupid mistakes on my resume, no doubt. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, I heard that sneeze on the air. Wow, that must have been a powerful sneeze. I guess so, man. From all the way down the hall, especially with how good these microphones are. Man, Steely, that's a sneeze for the ages. Uh, it was Apparently it was a nuclear sneeze. So my most humble apologies, those who had to hear that. So... Gunny of Stutzman Army was out at Balfour last Saturday. Good guy. Really good guy. Okay, uh, so what do we have happening today? We're going to talk to Caden McFarland at 135. We have to have Caden McFarland's Notre Dame team go out and end Muleshoe's dream of a playoff appearance this weekend. Please, please get this done. We do – or do you want to see – SC, like, get in the playoffs and play Georgia and get beat 42 No, I would 10. like them to experience the same fate that Clemson experienced, which is you show up or favorite against Notre Dame and then get spanked for 60 minutes of football. Yeah, but you know what that means, Parker? That means Peyton Bowen's going to Notre Dame yeah, if they beat Southern Cal, right? <laughs> Color me unworried about that whole situation. But, yeah, I'd look – I would like Notre Dame to win. When's the Dolby commitment coming? Say what? When's the Dolby commitment coming? The what? I tried to sneak it in. I thought I could make it happen right there. Just, you know, just all of a sudden, when's the Dolby commitment coming? But he was, folks, he was on his toes. He was on. It, it didn't even phase him, not in the least. 
not in the least. But uh, that one should be coming fairly soon. All right. If you uh, say so. I Well, you know, just based on what I'm seeing, everybody on Twitter knows what's going on, right? I mean, there's some top-notch journalists out there that I follow. So 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. That was impressive. I tried to sneak that question in. It didn't phase him one iota. Parker's already a seasoned veteran. Impressive. We'll be right back here on The Ref. The man in black, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's cash in here for a minute with the one and only Johnny Cash. I'm walking the line right now. I am looking at these lines for the uh, Ref Royal Rumble, trying to make a decision here before I forget. I pushed all the uh, chips in the last two weeks trying to make a move, and I've gone belly up. Probably going to a New Year's Six Bowl, but I'm not going to be in the playoff. I'm not going to be in the playoff. All right, welcome back. It is a Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref Radio Network. What do we have happening uh, sports-wise around Thanksgiving? Got a little Thunder basketball tonight. Denver at Oklahoma City, 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center. Paycom Center, uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day in the ESPN Events Invitational in Kissimmee, Florida. Sooners playing the Huskers at 4 o'clock. That's on regular ESPN. So uh, both teams are 3-1. and one. Oklahoma will play either Memphis or uh, is it Seton Hall? I believe it is on Friday. Either if it would be a loser's bracket game at 4.30, winner's bracket game at 7 o'clock on Friday. The other half of the bracket, Florida State and Siena. And then uh, Old Miss and Stanford. Thanksgiving football. We have the Bills at the Lions getting the festivities started tomorrow morning at 11.30 on CBS. Giants and the Cowboys, two teams at 7-3 and three is the 3.30 Fox game. And then the Patriots and the Vikings who Dallas uh, – Beat handily last week, but Minnesota's still 8-2. and two. The Patriots are 6-4. and four. That is the night game on NBC at 7-15. And then the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State and Old Miss uh, will be going at it. That's in Oxford, 7-4 uh, and four for the Bulldogs, 8-3 and three now for Old Miss, 6 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN. So, uh, what is is a Nebraska Thanksgiving any different? Do you guys eat elk or anything? or what? I mean, no, it's a pretty standard Thanksgiving. There's a turkey. That's the bird. Yeah. Now, I will say this, throughout the winter, uh, one wild game entree 
that regularly makes an appearance in the rotation is pheasant. Really? Yeah, you ever had pheasant? I have had uh, pheasant, and I've had quail, and they're both really good. Yeah. Of course, my dad's side of the family is all from South Dakota. They do a lot of pheasant hunting up there. So. See, I don't hunt because I Dick Cheney, go Dick Cheney on somebody and shoots a fellow hunter. So uh, I, I will fish, but I won't hunt. Hunting for me would be dangerous. It would be a manslaughter charge and probably a five, ten-year sentence for me. I'm way too accident prone. Do you hunt? I have never hunted. Now, I've fired a gun, but I've never like been out hunting. Like what kind of gun? Like a Daisy BB gun or what? No, no. I've fired so well, I've fired a whole bunch of different ones. Really? Yeah. Now, I'm not big on guns. I wouldn't call myself a gun person. Oh no, don't start the ta- Oh no. Listen, we already we, we by virtue of mentioning guns, we've already opened the text line up for gun discourse. So we're kind of past the point of no return. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I'd like, I, I'm not big on guns just because, like, it's, <laughs> guns are loud. I don't like loud noises, Steely. Mm-hmm. Loud noises annoy me. They get on my nerves. So, um, I've never out, I've never been out hunting, but my family does a lot of pheasant hunting especially in the winters. You don't like loud so, noises, so you wouldn't go to, like, a Motorhead concert or Guns N' Roses back in their prime. Too loud? You just dated yourself immaculately. Guns N' Roses and Motorhead. <laughs> you think that's uh, funny, huh? You listen to this young whippersnapper making fun of old people. How about that? Well, you just take your auto-tune music, all right, with computer <laughs> machines making every song. I'll take my music any day. No, of the like, week. listen, listen. I I enjoy concerts. Like, I I'll go listen to live music. That doesn't bother me because like music is not noise, right? Music is harmonious. Some of and, it's noise. We played some yesterday. Scott Stapp, right? Okay, sure. That's noise. I would not show up to any concert in which Scott Stapp has a hand and or is affiliated. But, in general, I enjoy listening to live music. But, if we're talking about just loud, random noises, like, nothing bothers me more than when I'm walking along the street and somebody in a sports car revs their obnoxiously loud engine as they're driving past. Like, why do we need to do this? Those people are still out there? Yes, of course. Are they? I guess, uh, you know, muscle car guy. Listen to this engine right here, Exactly. Okay. There's no muffler. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. The BHF. Is on the rise, over $1 million now, per the text line. $1 million. The Dr. Evil amount, $1 million. <laughs> uh, Colin Brokenbow says, if you boys ain't ever skint a buck, you can't taco you football. I'm not skinning anything. That's for Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. That's, that's, I, you don't want me with a knife either. All right, just saying. This listener says, fireworks are loud. Do you not like the 4th of July or OU scoring touchdowns? <laughs> no, listen, fireworks are not that loud, especially when they're off in the distance. You only hear the crackles and the pops, right? Now, I, I've never been one to shoot off fireworks. 
Mostly because, and we've had this conversation closer to the 4th of July, you're literally lighting money on fire when you purchase fireworks. Fireworks are one of those things that I enjoy partaking of from a distance. Mm -hmm. I'll sit back and watch as other people spend obscene amounts of money to light off fireworks. That is never going to be me. You never, uh, like, had a bottle rocket battle as a kid? Bottle rocket? Yes. You would, you know, you would send them off. You'd. This is how old I am. I'm dating myself again. Like, we used to put them in an old, like, a Coke bottle, and then you would light them, and then you would aim them at your friends and uh, try and, you know, we just had a fireworks battle back in the day, every now and then. But you can't do that anymore. Can't do it. Steve on the text line says, how does Parker feel about the roughneck shotguns? Oh, uh, man. If yeah, if I'm right up next to the man. Oh, you're oh. talking about a broken eardrum? Yeah. Those things are loud. And if you're not, for most of the time, you can anticipate when they're going to happen. If, if for some reason the roughneck shotgun goes off at a time when you're not expecting it, it's, it's a possible cardiac arrest situation. Now, at OU Texas last year, my ears were ringing for hours afterwards. And that's mostly because, like, that's – it was enjoyable noise, though. Crowd noise, especially in that type of environment, like, I could get past that. But the Roughnecks were standing there, and they were – like, you know, how you realize how tight everything is on that Cotton Bowl sideline because everybody's packed in there, and so you really have nowhere to go. Once you kind of set yourself in place, that's kind of where you are. So I happened to be standing – directly behind one of the roughnecks. Like, I could have reached Ooh, out and touched them. Not good. And, of course, there's so much scoring in that game, and every time they score, they're firing off the shotguns again. Every time, man, every time, it would just blow my eardrums out all over again. Yeah, those shotguns are loud. They are. OU Texas changed for the worst once Mac Brown put up the curtain. The black curtain didn't used to be there. Somebody, somebody on the text line said, well, at least the Roughnecks don't aim a cannon at the opposing team. <laughs> the A&M last week, come on, man, that's UMass. You got to do that to the UMass players. They were praying in the corner of the end zone, and they fired off that stupid Aggie cannon. Um, we had another listener on the text line ask, question, how can high school seniors who haven't graduated yet early enroll at OU in the spring? Well, they have graduated yet. That's that's how they early enroll. Yeah. yeah. They graduate a semester yeah. early. It's not like you can go to high school and be at OU at the same time. Uh, there's only been one individual that's ever done that. Who was that? That was Caleb Williams. Really? Yeah. How did he, how did he do that? Uh, <laughs> from what I understood. Mule shoe pulled some strings, didn't from he? From what I understood, there was a conversation at the administrative level, and the gist of that conversation was basically, hey, figure it out for this kid. Wow. And they figured it out. There you go. How about that? Billy Bowman did something similar, too, actually, now that I think about it. That exact same semester. Billy Bowman was in a similar situation where he was, like, playing a high school basketball game on Friday night, and then the following Monday he was at OU taking classes. Crazy. So it's happened before, but uh, it's basically like the Caleb Williams rule type of thing. Cavante uh, Henry off the roster, asked another listener. Yes, Cavante Henry is off the roster. At hmm. Oklahoma. So, okay. my understanding, Cavante Henry has quit the team and is no longer with the program. So, that is the first of the 2022 signees that is just not going to crack it at Oklahoma. There you go. 
All right, break time right here. We want to thank Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You need uh, some work done on your uh, heating unit right now. Well, give Tim Lasher and uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Let's get back, talk a little recruiting when we get back. We'll keep going to the Air Comfort Solutions text line as well. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, day before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're coming right back on The Ref. Wednesday edition, Steelman and Thune here in the Brown O'Haver Studios, brought to you in this first hour by Last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Watch a little uh, battle for Atlantis hoops right now. Kansas at NC State with the Jayhawks up in this game, 61-55, with uh, just over nine minutes left in the second half, so... Sooners, again, will play uh, Thanksgiving Day, 4 o'clock, against Nebraska on uh, ESPN. ESPN uh, Events Invitational in Kissimmee, Florida. Both teams are 3-1. and one. World Cup today. Japan takes down Germany 2-1. to one. You think about the upsets the last two days with uh, Lionel Messi and Argentina losing to uh, the Saudis and then uh, Japan beating Germany today. Uh, two to one over in Qatar at the World Cup. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, uh, any updates on recruiting, whether it be Oklahoma, national, anything of significance uh, happening? The Sooners just got Taylor Wine and uh, Champ Sanders committed. Uh, you know, over the last couple of days, they're still seventh in the national recruiting rankings, with everybody awaiting uh, maybe this Kendall Doby situation. Uh, Dolby situation, the uh, uh, defensive back from NEO, and then uh, awaiting, obviously, Peyton Bowen and DJ Hicks and maybe Damian Sanford to see Leacana. Am I leaving anybody out? No, I don't think so. Not at this point. And no, there aren't really any updates, not since yesterday, on any of those situations. I mean, it looks like, like DJ Hicks is going down to signing day, right? I mean, I don't know. If maybe yes, we'll if... know something before, maybe a couple days before, but... Uh, you would anticipate that happening uh, right before signing day. Uh, would you think Peyton Bowen would do the same? Do you think he would make a commitment announcement before signing day, or would that be a signing day deal? I don't know. And I've, I, I've said it so many times, I'll continue to say it. The timeline for Peyton Bowen is just not something I'm going to touch or speculate on at this point in time just because I've had – listen, there have been times over the last few months where I've had credible – reliably sourced intel on the timeline for Peyton Bowen and then that window passes and nothing happens 
So at this point, it's just it's a question I've stopped asking. You know, when it happens, it happens. That's great. I believe he'll be a sooner in the end, but I have no idea when it all goes down. Is there any way that Hicks and Sanford go separate ways, don't go to the same school, in your opinion? I mean, yes, there's a way. I would consider it unlikely. Hmm. Because uh, there are some people who still think that Sanford, at least at this point, is pretty pretty solid on A&M. So, yeah, based on what I heard, I heard some interesting people. things on that recruitment, on that front, over the last 24 hours or so. And I'm still in the process of corroborating a lot of the things I've heard. Right. But, uh, I don't think I'll say this. I don't think Sanford's 100 percent solid with A&M by any means. Um, Which is good news for Oklahoma, obviously. Yeah, on the text line. Any fun names to keep an eye on to coach the wide receiver room? I've heard Malcolm Kelly and maybe Rashad Samples. Uh, if you ask me to put money down on who Oklahoma's next wide receiver coach is, I would put it down on Malcolm Kelly. That is my belief. Hmm. Is that at season's end, Oklahoma's going to make a big push to bring Malcolm Kelly back to Norman. There you go. There you go. Pretty popular Sooner player, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, it, we're instantly going to have people on the text line going, I thought he and Schmitty had beef. That was a long, long time ago in a galaxy very far away. From the 918, did you see Notre Dame and OU were projected in the Cheez-It Bowl? Who projected oh, okay. that? Huh? that I, Probably be... some ESPN analysts. Yeah. Those we'll, are the only we'll people see. that waste their time with bowl projections. But, uh, yeah, winner gets Peyton Bowen. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, right? Instead of a trophy, you just get to Peyton Bowen. You get to carry Peyton Bowen off on the team's shoulders if you win. So uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, Parker, has OU looked at 2026 offensive lineman Jackson Cantwell from Missouri? He's already 6'8 and 270. Both of his parents were Olympians, too. Mm, really? Uh Yes, they have looked at him. He was actually on an unofficial visit to Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. What, which game would that have been? The Baylor game? If my memory serves me correctly, I believe so. Yeah, but he's been to OU already. He has. And he is an enormous human being. Can confirm. So he's going to he, be, what, like 14 years old and he's already that big? 15, if that. Wow. So, yes, absolutely enormous. Whatever happened to Samson? Highest bidder. Oh, he's all in IL. That's what it feels like. By the way, the BHF Fund, ladies and gentlemen, is up to just over $1 million. And uh, has that been going on for a little over a week now? I think it's day nine. Day nine. All right. They're trying to get to three mil. So you're right on track, really. Yeah. Nine days, one million. Puts you right on track to get to uh, three million. 30 days in. Here's what I heard, all right? Oh, Parker, I don't know if he knows about this or not, but I heard uh, Hicks's parents came up to you and said, if you all get a fund and you raise $3 million in 30 days, we'll c- commit to you and sign with you. Bottom line, that's it right there. That's true, right? Cannot confirm that. Cannot confirm it. No. Cannot confirm it. But it's over a million dollars. And again, we're talking we're talking about the BHF here, not just the HF. Mm-hmm. There are two five stars that you're going to have to throw a little bit of money around for if you want to get them to Norman. 
918 asks, should we be worried about Muleshoe making a big push for Akana? Is that happening? I I don't know. Is there anything to suggest that that's happening? I wouldn't be worried. I I I don't know who on that staff Akana has a relationship with that would make USC a legitimate possibility for him. Feels to me right now like that one's going to come down to Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas A&M and maybe Utah, maybe. Yeah. But it definitely feels like definitely feels like Oklahoma's still in the best spot there. Then again, the intel is very, very conflicting depending on who you talk to. And the kid's done a real good job of keeping it close to the vest. Yeah, he has been uh, maybe the hardest one out there to read. Is there Who else would you put in, like, your top three there in terms of really big-name recruits for Oklahoma that you, it's hard to get a handle on exactly what's going on? Well, Sanford's certainly up there right now. Okay. Um, Do you even you consider him in the mix still? For Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In the mix, as in he could end up a Sooner? Yeah. 100%. Now, wait, did you say Samson or Sanford? Sanford. Okay, I thought you said Samson for a minute. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay, Damian Sanford, you're talking about. Katie Pato, linebacker, DJ Hicks, buddy. Yes. Okay, so he's um, been hard. Who else? Akana? I mean, I guess you could say Peyton Bowen, maybe. By the same token, you could say DJ Hicks, because yeah. DJ Hicks fooled the world. Yeah, I. you know, like I said, there have been two – announcements that totally surprised me when I heard where they were headed. Now, DJ Hicks was just a commitment. The other one was Hartley Dykes when he signed with Oklahoma State on signing day. Uh, those are the two biggest for me. Robert Meacham was a big one when he picked Tennessee on signing day back in the day. But DJ Hicks is right up there, right up there. But, again, that was only a commitment, and his uh, recruitment is not over with by any means at this point. Okay, break time. Appreciate all your input. Let's keep them rolling in on just dawned on me that we will be dealing with fake army guys again. We'll have to. Is that about just going to the SEC or is that about true? Is that about the uh, just going to the SEC and dealing with A&M on the recruiting trail or I love this text. Akana's a good defensive player. So, no, Mule Shoe's not interested. <laughs> Uh, well, some of the A&M games back in the day, you had some classics, man. The Torrance Marshall uh, interception that paved the way for the Sooners to play for the national championship, basically, and win in the Orange Bowl. That was huge. 77 to nothing, even though Mike Lupica was incensed. That was a great game. You know, at, Bob Stoops actually said, you know, hey, we can go ahead and do a running clock if you want. And A&M said, okay, yeah, we're getting humiliated here, so why not? So, uh, plus, I, I will say this, the, the opportunity to see the A&M band is always cool. I love, the, I love the band. Man, you got an infatuation with the A&M band, don't you? I, I just, the precision, I just, I, I really like the A&M band. All right? Okay, we're going to break right here, ladies and gentlemen. Come back and get to more of your texts. Getting you ready for Thanksgiving and the Sooners this weekend, 630 FS1, Texas Tech. As they get ready for the attack, three-headed quarterback monster, Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, and Baron Morton. Stay with us. We shall return right here in the home of Sooner fans.
Here we are, final segment of our first hour here on uh, Steelman and Thune at noon. Riverwind Casino, thank you, thank you, thank you for sponsoring our hotline. And Riverwind is big time, always voted the uh, number one casino in the metro area, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They've got a great promotion going on right now. Bet your autumn dollar all the way through uh, November 30th. Earn one entry for every hour a rated play on a Riverwind Blackjack table. The top 10 patrons who earn the most entries will be awarded prize amounts in chips, 3,000 in chips for first place, 2,000 in chips for second place, third and fourth are going to get $1,000 in chips, and fifth place through 10th place are going to get $500 in chips. Bet your autumn dollar happening right now at Riverwind Casino. Uh, simply the best. And uh, we'll be out at Riverwind Casino on Friday for our uh, regular remote out there. Looking forward to getting out there. The renovation is moving along great out there. It looks tremendous. The areas that have been renovated and uh, they're still working on finishing up. Hopefully it won't be too long, but Riverwind even looks more uh, tremendous out there uh, with the renovation. No Stoop Thanksgiving. No Stoops Thanksgiving from the 405. I, I can't get a hold. I just don't have the voices. I haven't been able to get a, a hold of my old radio bud. I will keep trying. Maybe we could do that on Friday if I can get a hold of my old uh, radio buddy. All right? But in terms of the uh, – they're just – I can do about half of those voices, and the other voices just don't don't work. So it may have to stay in the classics folder. But if I can get uh, one of the old editions, I'll, I'll try and, um, you know, load it up. But I haven't been able to get a hold of my old radio friend yet. So there you go. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go there, Parker. One listener in the 918 says, I just can't believe we are at the point where we have to outbid other schools for high school kids to play at OU. Well, I, that's the way the game's changed. It's the, the way college football has evolved. The end is near, ladies and gentlemen. The end is near. Start stocking your underground bunker right now. All right? Steve Carlton did it back in the day, the old left-handed pitcher for the Phillies. He was crazy. but um, He was a good pitcher, though. He was a good pitcher, yeah. Isn't he the all-time major league leader in wins among lefties? I think it's Sandy Koufax, but I'm not sure. No, we, it couldn't be Koufax. He only played 10 years. Uh, maybe I'm thinking strikeouts. I don't know. We'd have to go ahead and Google it up. Let me go ahead and Google it up. Let's see. All-time winningest left-hander. Yeah. All right. I'm almost certain it's Steve Carlton. Carry on. Uh, uh-oh, I have no idea whether this is true or not, but Shane in Newcastle says, Damian Sanford has a girlfriend at A&M. No, well, really? If girlfriends remain undefeated, things do not look good for OU's chances with Damian Sanford anymore. Okay, maybe I'm thinking strike. Okay, yeah, here it is. Warren Spine from the great state of Oklahoma. Steve Carlton was second. Am I thinking of... Was Koufax a righty? No, Koufax was a lefty. Okay. He only played 10 seasons, though, because arthritis. Well, I thought he was way higher on that list. I'm really dumb. But, yeah, Warren Spahn, one. Steve Carlton, two. Eddie Plank, Tom Glavin, uh, tied for third. Randy Johnson, fifth. There you go. Tommy Warren John, Spahn. famous for his surgery. It was seventh. So, there you go. Yeah. Thank you, 580. Thank you, 580. Uh, somebody said, give me Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl just for the Mike Leach sound bites. Do you still find uh, Leach as funny 
Or did you ever find? Do you still find Mike Leach entertaining oh, and comical? Of uh, yeah, I do too. Some of the stuff is a little bit, all right, asking me about candy corn every Halloween. Some of the stuff gets a little bit old, but his new fresh takes are usually pretty good. Uh, somebody saying, sorry to ask, but what recruit are y'all talking about? Uh, most recently, Damian Sanford. Steve Carlton's not a recruit. No. For those that aren't familiar with baseball. <laughs> We're not talking about a recruit at present. We're talking about left-handed Major League Baseball pitchers from days gone by. Did you all um, hear that Steve Carlton's committing to OU? That's what Thune said earlier today. This listener says, I hope Ted Roof brings his chainsaws to Lubbock like he did at Lincoln against Nebraska's offense. We talked about it yesterday. Ted Roof, and it's kind of by design, I get it. But Ted Roof gets all of the criticism when OU plays poorly on defense. And none of the praise, none of the love when they play well on defense. Is that exactly what he was brought in to do, slash B? Probably. But still. We had a, we had a whole segment on this show yesterday that consisted of only nice things, nice texts about Ted Roof. I thought it was a landmark moment it in was, the history of this yes, program. And it went over positivity. Very, very well. It went Internet over very positivity. Well. And, and yeah. if Ted Roof and this Oklahoma defense can replicate their performance uh, against Oklahoma State a weekend ago, this weekend in Lubbock against against Texas Tech, may, maybe that's enough to get Sooner fans starting to feel good about the direction of the defense heading into 2023. And I still think this season's a disappointment any way you slice it. I don't think many would argue that. Yeah, I mean, but, six, seven wins at Oklahoma does is never going to cut it, right? And even with uh, Bob Stoops winning, uh, Bob Stoops got a little bit of a uh, – you know, the grading on a curve that year because they were so bad the season before. So, <laughs> Kyle and Brokenmoe says, one of my girlfriends is at the Mabel Bassett Correctional Center in McLeod. Doesn't mean I'm going there. <laughs> uh, from the 405, the fat girlfriend leech take was funny. Yeah, he's done that a couple times now. He did that. Uh, was that after a loss in Stillwater a long time ago? And then he did one here recently, too. Uh, a couple weeks ago, right? I can't remember who they played, but he went back to the fat girlfriends deal. Uh, this listener asks, did you say something about a 2022 signee leaving the program or not hacking it? Yes, Cavante Henry, former four-star edge rusher signee, uh, who never actually played in a game for Oklahoma, uh, but has now quit the team, is no longer listed on the roster, uh, is going to be in the transfer portal, I would expect, as soon as that portal window opens and we'll be looking for a new home elsewhere. But, uh, yeah, that is the first of the 2022 signees to wash out at Oklahoma. Was he a Brent uh, signee? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking that Flipped he was. Flipped so. from Michigan on National Signing Day. There you go. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, super reliable, man. He made some big kicks for you back in the day, big part of Sooner Magic. His company, just as reliable, 405-579-3113. We have Caden McFarland joining us in the next hour. A lot more of your texts coming in as we get ready for Thanksgiving Day tomorrow Keep it right here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref.
Here we are, hour number two. What's up, everybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with us again, man. I, you know what? I am very, very thankful for the uh, Ref Army because that is an incredible army. They are undefeated, is what they are, and uh, this station is. Uh, a great place to work, man. I love working for the vineyards, and I like my teammates here, and it's just been a, a great situation, and I love the uh, momentum that the station has. Very thankful. Very, very, very thankful. And for everybody out there on the text line and showing up at remotes and at game day, thank you very much. It's been pretty incredible, hasn't it, Parker? I mean, the experience of seeing the uh, – the momentum of the ref and, uh, you know, uh, working with you has been awesome. I got to tell you, uh, we, we've been going at it, what, about uh, 16, 17 months, something like that now. It's been uh, fun. It's been good. Since last August. So, yeah, going on 16 months. I enjoy it very much. And uh, what I, here's what I like about this place, too. There's no giant ego anywhere, you know. They're just super pro, really good guys who work hard. Uh, but there's nobody trying to be bigger than the radio station. You know what I'm saying? And there's I like no that. one guy that's bigger than the program. That's right. That's Bob exactly Stoops, right. See, this is why Bob Stoops makes a weekly appearance here on The Ref, is because he respects an organization with culture, and that's what we have here. We'll play another uh, Bob clip coming up probably before we get out of here, but, man, uh, you know. It's really good every Tuesday hearing from Bob. And like I said, what a, great, what a great job he did, man. Jumping aboard the ship when it looked like it might be headed to the iceberg. And Bob Stoops took the wheel and steered it right away from a potential disaster. So, uh, you know, and here's the thing about Bob, too, is, you know, I, I think that after he was done coaching and with his kids so invested in the community, I, I, they're clearly big at – on Norman and raising uh, raising a family here and staying around here, getting involved in business opportunities and, and everything. Sounds like Steel Man is leaving. No, I'm not leaving. I ain't going nowhere, man. I'm fully committed. I'm trusting the process. Now, they may kick my old, you know, what out of here. He's just saying all this in case he ends up in a food coma tomorrow. That could happen. And is unable to broadcast for weeks or months on end. Could happen. Like I said, Vegas is putting the over and under. It's, it's now up to 6,500 calories. Consumed by tomorrow by about 3 p.m. Do you guys do an early Thanksgiving? Well, I guess not early, but like a noon? Do you go mid-afternoon? It, depend, it, like, it honestly just depends on when the food's ready. Mm-hmm. It's been as early as noon. Sometimes it's been as late as like 3. But somewhere in that early to mid-afternoon range. Yeah, usually I would say we're probably maybe in the 1.30, 2 o'clock range. Something like that. Would be my guess for uh, tomorrow's meal. It's the sweet spot because that way you, you throw all that food down. You're done eating by like two thirty, three or so. You got football on the TV, and you don't have to eat again for the rest of the day. No, now you, you can. Don't. You can store food. It's like you're hibernating for the winter. You store so much food, and you just go into a nap. But the good thing is, Parker, the Thanksgiving leftovers are the best leftovers of the year. Mm. I I would actually dispute this. Oh, really? I, I would say, and this is no knock on Thanksgiving leftovers. He's going to be wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Let him know on the text line. Christmas leftovers are just as good, if not better. Because the, di- the difference there is 
What are you eating on Christmas that you're not eating on Thanksgiving? I don't know. Ours are kind of the same. Really? Yes. Ham, maybe? Exactly. Okay. There you go. Ham as opposed to turkey. And then what you do the next morning is you slice up that ham and make some ham and eggs. See, we usually have ham and turkey for Thanksgiving here. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. My, usually, the whole smorgasbord. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a good ham is hard to beat, man. It's hard to beat. Now, here is the one thing. Steely, how much NIL money did you get to come to the rep? They gave me 20 bucks. 20 bucks in the Steely Fund, yes. As a He's a man bonus. who's easily pleased. As a signing bonus. The uh, the What is the one item that can delay your meal on Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's always the turkey. No, 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 no. Not at our place. Really? There's one item that is usually somehow, oh my gosh, I forgot the boop, fill in the blank. Would it be the mashed potatoes? Nope. Um, I really don't know, Steely. Like, it's, it, typically, I feel like when you're waiting on your Thanksgiving food, it's because the turkey isn't finished cooking. Well, yes, but what normally happens at our festivities is it's the rolls. Oh, the rolls. The rolls, because the rolls are not high on the list of priorities. You know, they're the last thing that usually, yes, rolls or cranberry Rolls, people are saying rolls. It's always oh, the rolls. I forgot the rolls. And the rolls are very important. The rolls play a very, everybody's saying the rolls. Bottle of liquor. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Um, $20, they overpaid, LOL. I agree. I agree, man. But I, I would, you know, I, I was shooting for 15 or 16 bucks, but, you know. Uh, so the roles are important. They play a very big role on the uh, holiday plate. Do they not, Parker Thune? You know what they're they involved do. in? They're sopping. They, they sop up other, like gravy. They're very important. What's, what, what style of roles do you do? Because um, I'll tell you what, my family always mm-hmm. has done cloverleaf rolls. Have you ever had cloverleaf rolls? I don't think so. Oh, man. They're elite. Because the way the way that you make clover leaf rolls is you have basically three little dough spheres that you pack together in triangular fashion into the pan before you put them in the oven. And so then it looks like a clover leaf, obviously, when it comes out of the oven. But you can pull them apart. Oh really? Very easily. Okay, yeah. You can pull them apart into those three little pieces. Okay. Th- maybe these are uh, Mine, they look like a little mushroom kind of at the top. Those kind of rolls. I mean, I wouldn't. A little bit. I wouldn't say they look like a mushroom. I mean, not like a skinny stem at the bottom, but the way they they kind of fluff up at the top in the pan or whatever. All I know is our rolls are really good. That's it. The rising yeast rolls. I think that is what we deal with. The rising yeast rolls. Everybody needs some good yeast, right? You just don't want the infection. That's not what you want. But yeast rolls. That's what I believe we have, but I'm not a smart man. Kendall said, ham and th- ham and turkey for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. Come on, Parker, read a book, LOL. Or no, that's, a, that's not Kendall. Kenny. That's Kenny. Kenny. Kenny from the 405. Oh, my gosh, they killed Kenny. You. Sorry. Okay. Listen, Kenny, That's like that. here's the thing. Our household, my family's household, is a one-oven household. Really? And so if you're going to do ham and turkey, right – 
That's a lot of time invested into, and a lot of space, a lot of oven space invested into cooking both of those. Yeah, that's part of it. We're a double oven kind of outfit. Okay. So, okay. see, we only have one oven. So when you only have one oven, you can't really do ham. Like it's hard enough to do <laughs> one bird and all of the sides. You throw a ham in the picture, it would be chaos. We wouldn't be eat, eating until four thirty. Hawaiian rolls, I hear those are pretty good too. Uh, I believe we had those one years. Those are good. I like them, but the rolls are very important. And again, the rolls sometimes are the forgotten. It's like the kid that doesn't get in the basketball game, you know. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the end, when you have to play everybody, like in uh, little league hoops, way you know when they're really young. Oh my gosh, we forgot to put Jimmy in. Jimmy, I'm so sorry. Get in there. I know there are three seconds left, but get in there. Check in. So, but the rolls pay a the, the rolls play a pivotal role. Everybody's like, man, you're making me hungry. All right, I got to tell you today, and my, my most humble apologies, hopefully this is working for you. By the way, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, Paul's Valley, America. Great town, great place, great dealership. Again, you're looking for a car, truck, SUV, pre-owned vehicle, great selection at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. We finally no got the uh, for you. We finally got the uh, talk some sports text. So, well, I was just about to say that I I'm, I I think um the one day that I check out the most on radio and I never try and check out because I mean, I've got all my preparation, it's all here. See, you can hear it, right? But before Thanksgiving day is very difficult for me. So, my my apologies. I'm a steel man contemporary. I agree. It's always the rolls. On the topic of sports, we had a listener say, Parker, I've seen stuff on the interwebs that the 12th man is entering the portal. Does OU have any room? They have room, yes, but the 12th man is not a cultural fit at the University of Oklahoma. So Brent Venables and the staff will not be pursuing. Who is the 12th man? Who am I, who am I not thinking about? Are you just The A&M? Aggie 12th man. Okay. All right, I thought like somebody had put it like on their Twitter or Instagram on Insta, like the twelfth man, and it was a real prospect. So, anyway, uh, ba, 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 ba. yeah, uh, everybody still wants to know about Gabriel uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy. That uh, would he end up at Oklahoma? Oh, he was his second choice. If he were to enter the transfer portal, yes, mm-hmm. I believe he would end up at Oklahoma. Will he end up entering the transfer portal? That I do not know. And their A&M has lost one as of this point, right, that announced they were portal bound. Yes, only one so far. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Somebody just texted Mangino. I don't know why. Hmm. No context given, but Mangino. That was it? That's it. <laughs> A big fan of Mark Mangino. How about the Alabama running back that is in the transfer portal? What do you know? What do you know? Uh, I I wouldn't imagine that Oklahoma is going to look to the portal for a running back. It's not Kamar Wheaton, right? Because they've been through that before, and that was an issue. It is not Kamar Wheaton. Kamar Wheaton's at SMU now. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. And who is the other kid? Uh, Chase. uh, Jace McClellan. Jace McClellan that OU – was they had committed the for a the, while, right? Yeah, and almost he, three years. The one in the three. transfer portal right now is Trey Sanders, a former five star, I believe, in the class of 2019. I don't imagine OU will pursue him just because they're going to be so crowded at running back as it is next season with 
Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, Marcus Major, Dalen Smothers, Caleb Hicks, and don't forget Emeka Megwa. And you got Tawi Walker in the picture mm-hmm. as well. So, Emeka uh, Me- Weg- Megwa was from Washington, right? Did yes. He transferred from Washington. Yeah, through the portal. All right, ladies, uh, can't you tamper in the portal like Muleshoe did with Addison? All you have to do is have a player text Dindy and get him to OU. I don't know. You want to play by the Muleshoe ru- rules? I guess. I mean, I, at that point, you're just sinking to his level. But that but would be, again. I mean, I guess a player that knows Gabriel uh, Brandlow Dindy, you know, I would. I, maybe there's some of that going on. Who knows? Wouldn't surprise me as long as it's not a coach. All right, 405-651-3439. Keep the texts coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For all of the texts today, they've been awesome. Let's keep them rolling in. Cade McFarland at 135. Let's talk some more Sooner football when we get back. We are back, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. Well, the Sooner defense certainly had some scar tissue heading into Bedlam, but the Sooners repaired some of that scar tissue. Cheesy old radio guy right here, me, the man of steel. So, uh, C.J. Colden, can we play that clip? Because C.J. Yeah, Colden has played really well, and I was, I've was i been impressed with what he's had to say when he's been able to talk to the media, including uh, Monday night. Uh, this is C.J. Colden on the mentality of the Sooner team for this last stretch. Finishing strong, just, you know, not growing uh, weary, and just, you know, coming out to practice, just making it count every day because, you know, time is ticking. You know, it's getting slimmer and slimmer day by day. And um, it's still still games left. So just making it count, just coming out here, uh, preparing the same way we've been preparing. Uh, the program is in great hands. You know, uh, they some great coaches, great staff, and I can't wait to see what they do moving forward. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. C.J. Colden, man, he has played well. And uh, C.J. Colden... Uh, is a guy that has a COVID year, right? So they could have him back next year. I think they that could. Would, I think that would be awesome to have him back. Sooner fans would love to have him back. He has been uh, he's been really good. Kid from Wyoming. I remember a couple texts when he first. Oh, how good get a guy from Wyoming? Yeah, well, and I was. It's funny because I was about to launch into a whole diatribe because. What I'm most surprised about with C.J. Colden is not that he's performed so well. It's that it took him so long to earn the opportunity to perform so well. Because he was one of those dudes, man, where if you watched what he did at Wyoming, you watched the way he played, you watched how technically sound he was at the position, it wasn't hard to figure that that was a guy whose skills were going to translate to the P5 level. 
He was highly productive in his career at Wyoming. And again, just watching him, you could tell that it wasn't fluky. You could tell that's a legit, that's a guy with an NFL future, potentially, if he's developed properly and he continues to maintain that level of production over his final year or two of college ball. And so when he got to Oklahoma, I figured that he was going to be in the rotation at cornerback a lot sooner, a lot earlier than he was. But it took until game four, game five, for him to really start seeing the field in a meaningful capacity. He's just made plays every single time he's been on the field. Whenever there's been an opportunity, he's seized it. And I I would say there are a lot of superlatives you can throw out with regard to this Oklahoma team in 2022. And... Not all of them are cut and dried or crystal clear, but I would say one that is, is when you talk about the player that has been the most opportunistic, that has stewarded the opportunities that they've been given this season better than anybody else on the roster, I would say C.J. Colden's at the top of the list. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. And I, I like his mentality hearing what he says uh, in interviews. And once again, uh, C.J. Colden again has played very well. All right, so we are uh, we're still you know three days away from the uh, the game in Lubbock. How are you feeling now about the matchup in Lubbock? Lubbock is a crazy place, particularly in a night game. There's some bad people in Lubbock, and uh, the Sooners again are going in as a. Uh, I think the line is still two and a half. Oklahoma. You feel good about the Sooners going out going down there and and getting this dub right now, or uneasy feeling? Yeah. I'm kind of having to fight myself because it feels like, with the obvious exception of the Texas game, every time this year that I've been like, oh, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma's going to go out there and win the game. It won't be a problem. They go out and struggle. And every time I'm figuring, okay, well, I'm starting to see a pattern. This is just going to be more of the same. They're not going to hold up. Then they go out and win the game, in some cases convincingly, as they did last Saturday. So – I don't know what to think with this football team anymore. They are Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. Yeah, they are. In many are. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the situation is the defense. Again, I know the West Virginia fourth quarter and Garrett Green running around making plays was very frustrating. But the defense, uh, for a lot of that game, played pretty well. They got pressure on the quarterback. They got uh, five three and outs in a row, I think it was, uh, against West Virginia. And they cleaned that up at the Bedlam game. But I do think that uh, the defense has made some strides. Uh, but again, the offense—it's—it's it's one week. It's that was the week where the the offense—you know—did they help Oklahoma win the game? Absolutely. They're up twenty-eight to nothing. Braden Willis doesn't fumble the football. It's thirty-five to nothing. And uh, but again, the last three quarters were were certainly frustrating. Uh, clock management with the offense in the fourth quarter was uh, bizarre. Twilight zone-ish. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma still has a better roster than Tech, but that doesn't mean anything unless you go out there and execute. And I know that's uh, it's all about the execution, okay? But uh, it it isn't super easy, I would think, to prepare for three quarterbacks. And Tech's going to start Tyler Shuck from what we hear. But I would bet that Donovan Smith plays, and there's a chance that Baron Morton plays. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. 405-651-3439. Let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Remember, Colden didn't have a spring at OU yet, one listener points out. Yeah, he was one of those guys that showed up in June. Yeah, good point. That's a good and point. so 
if he goes through another spell. Like, that's what I'm saying. And I think he's one of those guys that the Sooner staff is going to make a priority when it comes to talking them into coming back for another year. Because he has all-conference potential. Hmm. If he goes through the spring and he returns next year, he's going to be a starter if he comes back. I don't think that's much of a question at this point. Based off his performance to this point in the season, he, he forced his way into the starting lineup these last couple of games. Made his first career start in an OU uniform against West Virginia and made his first and potentially last home start this past weekend against Oklahoma State. So, again, you look at his resume, you look at all that he's accomplished. He's a very experienced football player. He's been a very productive football player at the collegiate level. There's not a doubt in my mind that if he were to return in o- to Oklahoma in 2023, he could be an all-conference type of performer, and he could be a guy that hears his name late day two, early day three in the NFL draft. He could help himself, no doubt. Let's get to Zach's uh, text, if we could get some tech information. The question will be who shows up in Ludwig over Thanksgiving break with most students possibly being home for the holidays. That's a good point. Credit to T. Rose interview with the tech sideline reporter this morning. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. Did not think about that. By the way, uh, this story about the uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, O-line coach, Sean Kugler. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, Mexico City out groping and got fired. Kids, well, the story reads this way. Arizona Cardinals offensive line coach and running game coordinator Sean Kugler was fired after he allegedly groped a woman in Mexico City. Over the weekend, Mexican authorities were notified of the incident, which happened Sunday night, then informed the Cardinals, who terminated uh, Kugler and sent him back to Arizona on a flight Monday morning. Kids, don't grope. Write that sentence down. You cannot touch what is not yours. I mean, you can, like, shake hands or something, but don't be grabbing that booty or anything. Don't grope. You see what happened to Sean Kugler? Don't do it. That must have been some pretty severe groping. Not that, you know, there's, I don't know that there are degrees of groping, but maybe he was just, I mean, Urban Meyer groped, right? Did Urban Meyer not grope? Well, that was, it was on video, so like, is it not really debatable? That was highly consensual groping. Was that, that was might that, not okay, have been the may, case for well, Sean Kugler. Yeah. So Urban Meyer had misdemeanor groping, and apparently Sean Kugler felony groping there must have been a lot of bad groping happening don't do it kids don't do it respect other people that's what life's all about right there all right uh 405-651-3439 air coverage solutions text line uh why don't we get to a break right here parker and then we'll get back there we have caden mcfarland coming up uh we will talk about the big game uh, of course not only in lubbock this weekend and uh also Remember, Caden's a huge Notre Dame guy, and we need Notre Dame to end uh, Muleshoe's playoff dreams. I wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving except Muleshoe, who I hope gets really bad turkey tomorrow. We'll be right back here on The Ref.
That's still a good one and will always be a good one. We welcome in on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, Caden McFarland, KJRHTV, news or sports director. He's not news. I mean, he could be in news. He's that good, but he's in sports. See, I'm already thinking about my Thanksgiving Day plate is what I'm thinking about. Caden, how are we on this uh, Wednesday? Oh, we're doing good. Mike. We're all on the same team this week, right? Absolutely. Well, it comes, I guess, to Peyton Bowen. But other than that, we are all on the same team this week, my friend. That That is right. How are you feeling about Notre Dame's chances out at the Coliseum Saturday night? You know, I feel good. I'm just afraid to admit it. Do you do that with some of your beloved teams? There might, I just... It, like, I really do like a lot of the matchups. I could absolutely see uh, Caleb Williams and that USC offense going up and down the field, kind of like what we saw in Bedlam, right, where they score touchdowns quickly and it just becomes the kind of game that Notre Dame can't manage. So I could, I could see that happening. But my hunch is Notre Dame's going to punch them in the mouth with the running game. I think they're going to have success with it. I think that if it becomes a four-quarter game, I think they're probably in, in great position – to win the thing, to control it in the trenches. And there is certainly a path to victory for the Irish. I like the idea of them covering, but as a fan, I'm almost uh, hesitant to say that out loud. Um, So I probably shouldn't do it on radio. But, no, seriously, I I mean, trying to be objective about it, um, this USC team is just like what we have seen for several years from Lincoln Riley in Norman, uh, where there's just – there's no getting around the fact that the defense is really, really flawed, but the offense is as good as anybody in the country, and the quarterback, for my money, is the best in the country. But look, here's, here's, what's, uh, here's what's got me feeling pretty good at the moment. Lincoln Riley has faced a top 30 defense 29 times as head coach. His first 12 games against top 30 defenses, this is with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray running things. He averaged more. It was more than 40 points per game, more than 500 yards per game, and more than seven and a half yards per play. His last 17, so that's Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler, and now Caleb Williams, OU and USC. It's a little less than 30 points per game, about 415 yards and six yards per play. So it's been, I don't want to say the defenses, elite defenses have figured him out, but it's not quite as good as it was with Baker and Kyler. And so if Notre Dame can keep it in that range, roughly 450 yards, 30 to 35 points, I think they'll have a great chance. Caden, from the battle for the jeweled Shalala to the Bedlam series, obviously Oklahoma shows up Saturday night in their building on senior night at Owen Field and turns in a defensive performance that was both dominant and out of nowhere when you look at how inept and ineffective that they had been defensively over the course of Big 12 Conference play today. But all of a sudden, six sacks of Spencer Sanders on Saturday night, four interceptions. Where did that come from, and how sustainable is that? It's a great question. Uh, You know, and the thing that impressed me more uh, than the fact that they had success against an OSU offense that has had a really rough month, right, Um, is the fact that they kept doing it. The fact that it was... 18 drives or whatever it was. They kept having to go back out there after, you know, the OU offense would go three and out in the second half. And they kept answering the bell. And so that showed a resilience that I don't think we've seen very much. I mean, this is this is not I, – I don't think that what happened Saturday makes me think that everything has suddenly clicked for this OU defense. But a few things have clicked. 
and the resilience makes me feel like it has been a disappointing season, but these guys haven't thrown in the towel. Uh, and so I feel much better because of that and that alone. I feel much better about their chances going to Lubbock than I did at this time one week ago. And I feel better about their chances in a bowl game. You know, I don't think these guys by any means have quit on Brent Venables. I think that the issues earlier in the year really have probably had more to do with the fact that I think when Brent Venables comes in, it is, relatively speaking, a pretty complex defense. I think it was difficult for guys who had been under Alex Grinch and what I think is not a very complex defense to wrap their head around what they were being asked to do. Um, Maybe some of that is beginning to get locked into their brains. Maybe they understand a little bit better where they need to be because it's not just the Bedlam game. They were pretty good against West Virginia, too. Uh, so I, I think there's, there is reason to feel pretty good about the defense. The offense is a different story, and that was flummoxing. Uh, but no, I was, no doubt, I was impressed by the defense. And I think finally, even though his game management, clock management wasn't very good, I think you have to feel pretty good about the way Brent Venables has come through this storm and the kids are still playing hard for him and making some improvement, especially on the defensive side. Cade McFarland with us. little... Uh conversation about what's going on in college football Sooners in tech this weekend his Notre Dame fighting Iris playing uh, Southern Cal again on uh, Saturday night uh, playoff rankings last night uh, top four the same Georgia one Ohio State two Michigan three uh, that'll play itself out in Columbus at the horseshoe this weekend TCU number four then you had LSU up one to number five SC is at number six BAM is at number seven uh, what are we thinking uh, if SC wins out they'd have to beat Notre Dame and beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game that would probably get them in uh what are we thinking about TCU and uh, I mean they still basically have to run the table and then what do we do with the leftover team from Ohio State Michigan how do you guys think this is going to play out yeah it it bothers me that TCU hasn't jumped to Michigan by now and uh, I think it was Reese Davis who just matter-of-factly oh by the way said you know TCU's strength of, strength of schedule is 40 spots higher than Michigan. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, what what are we doing and what are we talking about? Why in the world it's would brand, right? still it's be brand. ahead of It's yes, brand. absolutely. Absolutely. That's all. And so what what gets me, what kills me, in, in it, if Notre Dame does beat USC or if USC goes down in the Pac-12 championship game, I, I think there is, when you look at what the Big 12 is top to bottom, if USC has more than one loss, and I don't even think Clemson, even if they have one loss, to me the ACC and Pac-12 should be out. If TCU, Even if TCU is not the Big 12 champion, if you're looking at a one-loss TCU, so if they lose in the Big 12 championship game, then they will have beaten everybody in this conference that top to bottom has no peer in terms of uh, just quality, the parity. To me, TCU should be in, even with one loss, ahead of Clemson, and they should be in ahead of a, a two-loss USC, but I, and also a one-loss Michigan, presuming Ohio State beats them. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're looking at a situation where almost any way you slice it, a one-loss TCU does not get in, and in my opinion, that doesn't show proper respect to a Big 12 that has been a gauntlet in a way that no other league has, and it's not even not even close, in my opinion. I, I, I tweeted that several weeks ago. You look at the ACC, you look at the Pac-12, and then you look at the SEC and Big Ten where everybody doesn't have to play everybody, and so you do get a few weeks off. The Big 12 champion 
should have a seat at the table is what I thought going back a few weeks. Uh, I, I think I still feel that way, whether or at least somebody from the Big 12, whether that's a one-loss TCU if it happens that way, or even a two-loss Big 12 champion Kansas State. Uh, to me, they should be in. Let me ask you this, Kaden. Do you feel like part of the motive for keeping Michigan above TCU might be twofold? On the one hand, it helps prop up yep. that Ohio State-Michigan game uh, two versus three maybe carries a little bit more weight than two versus four I know I know you're kind of splitting hairs but two versus three maybe means more than two versus four in the eyes of the casual college football fan and also just the realization that this whole thing's going to take care of itself because either Ohio State or Michigan is going to lose and at that point TCU assuming they stay unbeaten is going to jump either one of those teams by default yeah no I think I think you're on to something there and don't you hate that they do it that way and I think that's the same with a two-loss LSU being ahead of USC right now. And USC's one loss, you know, by one point on the road against a really good team, I don't think under normal circumstances would you have LSU ahead of USC unless you were trying to sort of hedge your bets for in case LSU does beat Georgia, right? I mean, you don't I, – I think they do some of that. Um, I, I think they look – down the road a couple of weeks and sometimes just line them up in the way that is most convenient for what they would like to do in the end or what they think they might want to do. Uh, so I, I do agree. That said, I wish it wasn't done that way, and there's just no way you can get, convince me right now that an undefeated Michigan, especially coming off an ugly win, where they needed a really favorable call on that final drive on fourth down and then three field goals, the most Big Ten thing ever, uh, to pull off a rally down the stretch. Uh, no way that Michigan team should be ahead of an undefeated TCU. Caden, we appreciate you, my man. I hope you and your ha- uh, family have a happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for being so gracious with your time. We really enjoy having you on. Anytime. Thank you, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Caden McFarland, uh, Sports Director, Channel 2, KJRH-TV in uh, Tulsa. I uh, good to have you along. We've got one more segment to go, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm watching a little hoops. By the way, Kansas did finish off uh, NC State in that game in the uh, Maui Invitational. So Kansas stays undefeated, 5-0. and Watching Texas Tech and Ohio State in the game going on right now in Maui. And the Buckeyes are up 15-7 to over the Red Raiders in that one. We'll take a break, come back, get some more texts in, clean up some stuff before we get out of here. Keep it here in the ref. Well, I just tweeted out, I went out to my vehicle in the uh, previous break, and the white buffalo, the great white buffalo, was just sitting there. And there was some uh, spiritual kind of music that was buzzing around it as the great white buffalo. And I just tweeted out a picture of the great white buffalo just sitting, awaiting a long holiday journey that will go all the way to Nebraska and then turn around and go back 
to Lubbock, Texas. So if you haven't seen the legendary Great White Buffalo, Parker Thune's new ride, it's right there in all its glory. At what point does it not become a new ride anymore? Like, it, is there a threshold? I would say it's been. It's, I guess it's been two months by now. But like, when does when does a new car just become your car? I would say six months, maybe. Okay, about six months. By the way, Riverwind Casino, thank you for sponsoring our hotline. We had Cade McFarland on in the previous segment. Riverwind is all about fun and winning and dining well and great service, and they've got a world class hotel. Over twenty eight hundred electronic games. Uh, all your favorite table games are there as well. Tremendous poker room. They've got the best bars and dining with the uh, Coop Alehouse Bar right there in the middle of the gaming floor. The River Buffet is spectacular. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is great. The Food Court's got some great choices for you. They've got a great promotion now happening through the month of November. Get out there uh, for the Bet Your Autumn Dollar promotion. Bet Your Autumn Dollar. Earn one entry for every hour of rated play on a Riverwind Jack, uh, Blackjack table. Uh, right now through November 30th, the top 10 patrons who earn the most entries are going to be awarded uh, prize amounts in chips. First place, $3,000 in chips. Second place, two grand. Third place and fourth place are each going to get $1,000 in chips. And if you're fifth through 10th, uh, you know, playing in the Bet Your Autumn Dollar promotion, you are going to get $500 in chips. Another great promotion from our friends at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Uh, Ohio State leading Texas Tech 23-10. Kansas won earlier um, today in the Maui Invitational. Close game. Grady Dick uh, has been really good. Six threes today for the Jayhawks. And uh, Kansas uh, outlasted NC State down the stretch to go to 5-0 and on the season. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Parker, tomorrow 4 o'clock on regular ESPN. Uh, will you From be- Florida, right? Yes, Kissimmee, Florida, the ESPN uh, Events Invitational. Will you be on the road? Will you be hitting? What time will you be hitting the road to Lubbock? It'll uh, be Friday, right? Nah, probably. I'll probably make the drive to Lubbock Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. All right. It's gonna be a lot of driving over the next few days. Any way you slice it. There you go. Yeah, it it, it sounds like it will be. But uh, the Buffalo looks up to it. Uh, looks like it's gonna be up to it. All right, uh, once again, um, we do have some uh, – by the way, can you play this clip real quick? And what do we some, got? I'm going to leave myself open to a redneck saying, way to go, Staley, talking woke NBA. But I don't care. Uh, because Kevin Durant, as the Thunder plays host to Denver tonight, 7 o'clock at the Paycom Center, Kevin Durant was on the Boardroom podcast and had some really good things to say about this Oklahoma City squad and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, sh- I mean, the moves that he's making is just like, like sharp, veteran-type moves. That's just work. You know what I'm saying? That's just straight work and a mentality of, like, this is what I want to do out here. You know, once you add all of that in a pot, it's tough to stop. It ain't 6'6", six, six strong, you know? They're playing some good ball out there. I don't know why people are so quick to try to trade him like OKC is building, to have a player like Shea, yeah. who's probably going to be the all-star if he keeps us up. I think they're going to keep adding. I think you look up and – how old is Shea? 20, 25. That's young. Tommy's 28, 29. I mean, you can – you see a team around him, it could be – <laughs> you never know who could be on that team with the assets that they have out there. So, like, when you look at that Thunder team, they got some solid – Basketball players over there with Lou Dort, solid ball player. Mm-hmm. Reason why he got paid. Mm-hmm. Josh Giddy, just solid ball player. Will get paid once his rookie deals up. Am I saying his name Pokushevsky? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, six nine that can shoot around. it, could play multiple. Like these dudes are good players over and then there. They got Chet over there and some nice damn, outfits. I mean, Just yeah, wait, damn. And who knows what comes Once next? Once he come back, it's gonna be ridiculous. Is he trying there to like drop hints to Sam Presti? Kevin is this Durant like, is coming back to the Thunder. Is this like Kevin Durant's version of the "you up" text? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. By the way, Poku, KD, come on. You got a scout better than that. Poku's a seven-footer. He's not 6'9". Would you take Kevin Durant back in Oklahoma City in a couple years to be the guy to come in? Surely Kevin Durant would come back to Oklahoma City, right, on a lesser deal and play with those guys. Probably not. I don't know. Like It's... It depends on how welcoming folks around here would be to Kevin Durant. You know, because I doubt he would sign. I, I doubt he would sign on to play for a team in a city where he's going to be public enemy number one. But if no. Thunder fans are like, "Hey, come on back," no hard feelings. Then- it would be interesting to see what the reaction would be. A couple of years ago, on one of those podcasts, he said something like, "Somebody asked him any chance he'd ever go back," and he's like, "No." But no. you know, time heals all wounds. Well, time heal because I feel like. For Durant, you know, I'm I'm way past that. Do you think time will heal the mule shoe wound? No. Like, no, I don't. Because Oklahoma football, look, I love the Thunder. It's been great, man. It's helped uh, Oklahoma City so much. Um, it's awesome. Thunder basketball is awesome. But uh, Oklahoma football has been around a long time, and there's a reason they call it the OU football monster. And Lincoln Riley turned his back and lied to the OU football monster. Eventually, you have to pay a price for that. Now, I know he's living large in his mansion out there in Hollywood and everything. Good for him. But the OU football monster will seek revenge at some point. And we'll see what happens. (laughs) The first one I see in the 918. No. F both of those dudes. Somebody else asked on a more legitimate note, how long is the drive from Norman debating the road trip? Lubbock is about a five-hour drive. Five, five and a half hours, depending on how many stops you make. you got to be careful coming back at night out there in West Texas, man. That's why I'm not going to drive at night. Yeah. And make that drive in the daylight on Sunday. I mean, you could run into anything out there. It is barren. Yeah. Well, gave birth to Muleshoe, and he's evil. So uh, there are evil things out there on the road. I mean, the Lubbock, West Texas area, obviously. And one listener says, if Muleshoe sends Caleb back, then yes, I would forgive him. (laughs) There you go. All right. Yeah, quarterback makes a little bit of a difference. Uh, Caleb Williams may win the Heisman. Gillen Gabriel has been a a fairly solid quarterback for Oklahoma, but uh, Caleb Williams is obviously in a different league. All right, we got to get ready to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to say thank you to everybody. Look, we'll be back Friday. I'll be at a Riverwind Casino, but I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate the Ref Army out there. You guys have been awesome. You are making the station what it is. And, uh, look, these texts, we we just can't keep up with them. We're trying our very best. But from uh, listening like you do to tweeting and uh, texting us like you do, Buying merch, all of that stuff, it is much appreciated. So I want to thank, say happy Thanksgiving to all members of the Ref Army out there. All right, let's get locked in. 
Parker, Tyler McComas coming up next. The latest in uh, Sooner recruiting and uh, a lot of football news. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you.